0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special bonus series we call The X-Files. My name is Athena, and my co-host is Amber. Every month, we will be sharing one of our listeners' real-life Dirty John stories. And, along with exposing the lies, cons, and betrayal, we more importantly share how these brave women come together and turn a bad situation into one of empowerment. As you all know, our x wives Undercover website hosts the very first of its kind Dirty John directory. That's right, and anyone from
1: all over the world can anonymously submit the name and information of the Dirty John they've encountered. We're so pleased to see the directory grow each week and want to thank all of you brave individuals who've come forward to help make a difference. Please know that your submission could save a life one day.
0: The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the various guests and participants on this website do not necessarily reflect the opinions, beliefs, or viewpoints of Ex-Wives Undercover. Amber and I would like to dedicate our Dirty John Directory to the individuals who have lost their lives due to an act of domestic violence. I know my sister is smiling down from heaven and is so very proud of those who have come forward to warn others by telling their story.
1: To make a submission or to be considered for a future episode of X-Files, please visit www.xwivesundercover.com.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to season one, episode one of The X-Files. Today, we are lucky enough to have with us two lovely ladies, Katie and Lexi, and they're going to be sharing their story with all of you and with us, and we'll take a deep dive into what's happened to them. This shit happens everywhere, everywhere. And that's
1: so surprising to me.
0: Like, I thought I was the only one, and then honestly,
1: every other day, it's someone going, oh my God, I went through something similar, or you need to talk to my sister or my friend. She's got a similar story, and so. Yeah. Yes. I think this is going to be a good thing for people and listening to your gut instincts and we'll get into all mm-hmm. that. So
2: the show
1: starts in three, two, one, go. this is the story of Lexi and Katie, one, a Southern belle from Louisiana and the other a fun loving single mom from sunny California. Now at first glance, they appear to have nothing in common, but when we peel back a few layers, it's discovered that they have more in common than they thought. And he goes by the name Max. Max is a tall, tatted-up, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, all-American war hero with impressive credentials. What is it about a man in uniform? Is there something that they just cast a spell on us? Unsuspecting women? Well, there might be some truth to this. A study done by researchers in England and the Netherlands showed that women are actually more sexually attracted to men deemed heroic during conflict than any other kind of guy. And in fact, it's revealed that World War II vets who were made Medal of Honor winners had more kids on average than other returned servicemen. Well, at least Max had that going for him because when he first met Lexi in 2007, while she was waitressing, she pretty much was the only one that could tolerate him as a customer because he was nearly impossible to please. So we'll start with Lexi. So you're the wife, 10-year relationship with Max, right? Start with telling us how you met. Was it kind of blissful until when did it not turn (laughs) blissful, I guess? So let's start from the beginning.
3: Okay. So I met him when I was a waitress in college and he was a regular. He came in often, almost daily. No one wanted to wait on him. He was very difficult to please. None of the girls at the restaurant really wanted to deal with him. So it quickly was dubbed that he was my boyfriend. Like, oh, your boyfriend's here. Go take care of him. Lucky (laughs) you. All right, exactly. Um, The luckiest part of that scenario was that he did tip well. So I will give him that. And so I waited on him regularly and that went on for several months Before it ever escalated to a point of being like, hey, I would like to see you outside of a dining establishment outside of like you being my waitress and me being a regular at the restaurant. And then from there, it progressed rapidly. Um, He had a child who was just a few months old at that time. I met a child very quickly and became involved in that situation as well. Being active duty in the military, it was very quick that like I became involved in those roles of deployments and going out of town and trainings and all of those things. That impossible customer eventually turned into her boyfriend.
1: And once he returned from his deployment to Iraq in 2008, Max proposed to Lexi. So that's interesting too, because how long do you think it was between when you were waiting on him until when he asked you out and then all of a sudden it was the love bombing? Cause love bombing is the typical, like moving fast, really quick. Rapidly. I love you right was, off the bat. Yeah. I see my it future with you. Very, are- very fast. Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah. we started officially dating in like August of 2007. I like September. He had bought me a dog by October like I met his child who was only a few months old like it was very like rapid progression and then I think he he, could be
0: twins with um Amber and my mm ex-husband yeah they just sound identical it is so crazy even with the dog purchase like yeah and you knew
1: that he was in the military so um were you living together when he deployed? So it sounds like you met in 2007 and then he deployed to Iraq in
3: 2008. Were you
1: living together? No, but, but you were I'm definitely very
3: yeah. conservative family, like extremely conservative family. You do? I does?
0: do. You know,
3: okay. no, he doesn't. I do. <laughs> okay. He me. does not. Oh, okay. No, me. <laughs> He's um, like hell no, <laughs> no. Like my parents just celebrated their like 46th anniversary. Like, like very very conservative. Okay. Um, so we did not live together. I lived at my parents' house. Was going to college. He had a house or a townhouse, and then he purchased the house okay. while we were dating. When he deployed in March ish of 2008, I did move into his house because at that point we had two dogs. It had already okay. escalated from like the original dog purchase to a second dog purchase.
0: Okay.
3: And he, it was time for him to pl- to deploy. And so I moved into his house at that point so that I could take care of the dogs, take care of the house while he was gone. And then when he came back from his deployment, I moved back home with my parents and he moved back into his house. So there was no living together until we were actually married.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So you you. got married in 2009 then. So, and was there any red flags in those two years?
3: Um, there in hindsight, there definitely were, but I was very much just smitten by like all of the things that were him, the, um, flattery, the gifts, the, um, almost like the status of like what his job was. Um, I'm from a very small town. So like. It was very elite, like what he was doing. Um, And so I kind of ignored those red flags. There were a lot of red flags in regards to the ex that he has a child with that I ignored as in that time. In typical Southern
1: style, the wedding was extravagant and everything she had hoped for. Were you concerned yeah. about him being in the military because there's always yes PTSD and those things yes. that you always hear about and just having mm, a long-distance yeah. relationship and having to reconnect and, y- you know, like, was that a big concern? Or were you just like, we can do it.
3: Have, that will get I've, us through. We got this. Yeah, I also had you know? a sister. Like, I have one sister who has been through a very similar, like, relationship. And so... She was married to someone in the military and after like several years of being together and then also being married, she found out that he had never divorced his first wife and they had like a lot of issues because of that. And then he was, you know, there was the infidelity and there was all these things. And so I always had a very strong, like, I'm not dating anyone in the military because As much as I respect the military, every relationship story that I hear about the military is bad.
1: And now living in the Bible Belt, it wasn't customary to live together before marriage. So this was actually the first time experiencing what her new husband would be like. Well, let's just say it wasn't all good. Very quickly, Lexi picked up on his drinking problem, often polishing up an entire bottle of whiskey in one night. And not only that, but he also became reckless with taking pain medication. It never was enough and he turned to other people to supply him. Was this the marriage she had hoped for? By the time 2010 rolled around, Max was deployed to Iraq again and things got even worse. He turned to using steroids.
0: But was he openly on steroids before that deployment or um, for the pain you, meds? Or did it start? Did the steroids start? I know you say 2010 another deployment he's doing steroids so was this a new thing on this deployment or was this like kind of an ongoing thing that you were aware of over time
3: um I wasn't fully aware of it at that point like that was kind of like the tipping point for me of being like something is not right like this is not the normal person that I deal with like he's different his personality is different Mm -hmm the way he talks to me is different. Like there was just a significant difference in all of those aspects when he went on that second deployment. Um, And it wasn't until after the fact that I knew that he had been on steroids that entire time. Um, And from that point forward, I always could tell when he was doing another cycle because those same behaviors would present themselves. And I would be able to be like, you're doing another cycle again. Like I can tell because of the way you're doing this or the way you're talking to me or the way you're behaving. But that was kind of the first time that I knew that it was actually something that he was doing.
1: After doing a little research, we found out that steroid use in the army at this time had been on the rise and to prepare for and perform on combat tours of duty, some soldiers turned to steroids to boost their brawn. While the newlyweds struggled and there were many threats of divorce over the years, when Max returned home, they somehow made it work. Oh, I wanted to, to know how, so obviously when you first got married, you noticed the whiskey, drinking a bottle of whiskey. So it mm. seemed like it was a little bit rough, but then I'm a little naive, like how long are they gone for each deployment? Is it great while he's gone? Um, and then he comes back and then it's like, you've noticed things. Or like, what is that cycle like of when they're
0: there versus when they're
3: gone? Yeah, good question. So the first time he was deployed, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was kind of okay. Like he called regularly. He's deployed for six months at a time. Um, I basically got to talk to him every day. Things were kind of okay. Came back from that deployment, and that's when the drinking like really kicked into overdrive like big time. By the time he went to, on the second deployment, it wasn't as great. Like, the communication was a lot less. There was a lot more fighting, like, in those conversations.
1: The next thing you know, they were pregnant with their first child. Now, the excitement didn't last long, though, because without even consulting his wife, Max suddenly volunteered to take a position in San Diego to better his career, leaving her pregnant and all alone. But I found this interesting because in your notes, you said that he volunteered to transfer to San Diego, literally, right? Was this before the baby was born or after? It almost seemed like he didn't even give you like a say in it. Like it was right after.
3: baby. (laughs) So we had like, I got off birth control. We actively pursued like having a baby, got pregnant. And in the midst of the pregnancy, he volunteered for orders to San Diego. And it was very much a controversial topic for us because where he was currently stationed is where I'm from. And so I had family here, I had support here, and then he wanted to take these orders to the opposite end of the country. Right. He um, didn't even consult you or like... No, it was just very, blows my we're mind. We're taking these orders because this is what's best for my career.
1: Like,
3: good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how it was.
1: A few months later, in the summer of 2012, Lexi and the baby packed their things and drove from Louisiana to San Diego to begin their new life. You would think Max would be excited to see his family, but when they got there, he was nowhere to be found. In fact, his apartment looked as if nobody had lived there at all.
0: Okay, so that's 2012. You moved down to San Diego. You've got the baby (laughs) with you. And I know you say you get there. There's like nothing in the refrigerator. There's, it's just looks very unlived in. And so that's a big red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's, he's a man. So I mean, sometimes like it could be the bachelor pad. I, I don't know. Like, but you know him, so were you expecting it to look a little bit different? Like it was just basically screaming at you, This man doesn't live here. Where has he really been living? Is that the kind of vibe you're getting?
3: Yeah, I mean, okay, I had made a trip there in April, um, to unpack like the shipment, move oh, into yeah. the house, all of those things. Gotcha, actually, yeah, the last week of my of March beginning of April. This is around his birthday.
0: Okay.
3: Um, so I made the trip there without the baby, moved everything in, got everything unpacked, cooked like multiple meals and freezer bagged them so that he had like mm-hmm. food in the freezer that he could just thaw out and eat things like that. And then came back home. When we got there in the summer, all of those meals were still in the freezer.
0: Oh. Oh, that's weird. Oh that's no. That's weird. Yeah. yeah so, so ding 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 like, ding. Clearly a yeah. red flag, red flag, red but flag. But yet he wants that kind of treatment.
2: Like he wants someone to do that for him. So that's even weirder.
1: They fought continuously, and within only two weeks, Max asked for divorce. She was blindsided. She couldn't believe what was happening. In hindsight, she later found out that he had actually been in a relationship with another woman the entire
3: time. And within like two days of us leaving, the other girl moved into the house.
1: Oh my God, I never knew that. After five years, Lexi was just done. She had no job, no family, and no friends in San Diego. So she literally packed her things and went home was it over? Narcissists always have a way to weasel their way back, and Max was not unlike any of the others. He found God in 2013 and wanted to save his marriage. Lexi was being Hoovered. Hoovered is a manipulation tactic that someone might use to suck you back into a potentially toxic relationship. One of the ways they do this is by acting overly apologetic about past events and trying to convince you that they've changed, i.e., finding God.
0: What, what was the turning point to why he found God, by the way? I'm very curious about
3: that. Um, According to him, which, you know, my weight in that is slim. Yeah. According to him, he, she was religious, which I find to be ironic. Like, to be a very religious person and be okay with, like, the situation you put yourself in just doesn't seem normal. Mm-mm. But Right. She was, and so they had been going to church, and there had come a point where he actually was going to kill himself, okay. and he just realized that, like, the things he had done, you know, weren't right, and he felt like the only answer to it was to kill himself.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: And when he hit that point. I mean, this is his story. It's the only story I know. He had decided he was going to kill himself. He had got the gun out. He had got all of the cleaning equipment out so that when he killed himself, it could look like it was an accident during a routine, like cleaning of the gun. Jeez. Um, that the alarm on his phone went off that said it was time for him to go pick his son up from school. And that was what prevented him from following through. And when he did that, he went and picked his son up from school. And then he went to church and just said, I need to speak to someone. And at that point, he started meeting with someone who was a counselor for PTSD as well as a counselor for sex addiction and Mm. um he went through an entire like course on sex addiction he started seeing multiple counselors outside of the church and he came to this realization that all of the things that he were doing were just not biblical and not of god and you know, he needed to do what was right, which was to restore his family.
1: Max admitted that he had had nine affairs during his marriage to Lexi and even went so far to sign up for a sex addict program through the church. Were there any fear or were you completely like, he's loyal, I w- he would never cheat on me? Or were you like, hmm. I think I am
3: a optimistic pessimist. And so there was always like that back of my brain, like they're gone for so long, like he's probably going to cheat type of mentality. Yeah, but
0: you had a positive attitude about it,
3: but I had a positive attitude about <laughs> yeah. it, but like, but maybe not, like maybe that's, that's so, just, I think that's why all like, of us women, <laughs> a worrier, you know, Yeah, totally. um, in hindsight, I do know that he was like actively engaged in like a relationship with someone. While he was deployed, and so there was a substantial amount of fighting in the second deployment over the first.
1: He had to win back
3: her trust, and he knew
1: exactly how to do it. Yeah, like at this point, it's been so many years. Did you want to make it work, or are you just getting like, I don't know, wooed back by based on these kind of did? Was he promising the world, kind of future?
3: No, I did. I wanted it to work, so I also come from a very religious family mm-hmm. um and
1: do you think he used god because yes. of that like so there's yes. there's the tactic mm-hmm. right there a 100 as- he did and he admitted yes. it years later he right. admitted it years there later. there you go like he yeah. that's what that was his power tool
2: to- she's ability. religious way back in mm-hmm. he's religious by by, yeah uh, you know whatever whatever me he's only religious when it gets him something yes, and it, and it yes, goes exactly. from woman to woman with me he wasn't religious mm-hmm. with the current girl he's religious now with Lindsay, with with his other ex he was very religious like he's only religious for convenience sake to get yeah. what he wants to get Absolutely. he doesn't mean any of it
0: right they're chameleons they just morph mm-hmm. into whatever right think they want 100 percent
1: Within seven months, Lexi moved back to San Diego, but there was just one problem. Max had gotten one of his mistresses pregnant. Now, you might think this would cause a lot of problems between Lexi and Max, but once again, they somehow made it work. And in fact, the next few years were pretty uneventful. Max wasn't drinking. He was being a good parent and involved with the church. What could go wrong? Another deployment, that's what. And in Lexi's words, everything went to shit. More cheating, more drinking, pain pills. The old Max was definitely making a comeback.
3: And then he deployed again.
0: Okay, and then it just, everything. Yeah. All, of routines, all of his routines, all of his, yeah. his healthy, good work that he'd put in had just gone off the window once he was in that, a different environment. And
2: Why do you think that, that is?
0: The is there something about being
1: deployed that, is it trigger?
0: Freedom. Or...
1: <laughs> i mean yeah like
3: yeah um, i don't I know like, is that the norm me,
1: like for people the, in the military i don't mean the
3: job field recovery. that he's in like the, you know, the specific like unit of guys that he works with it's extremely common and it is
0: mm-hmm.
3: um very underplayed and it is i mean basically acceptable it's just yeah. it's part of the code that like when we're gone we do whatever we want and Mm -hmm. none of us say anything about it when we get back Mm -hmm. and then we go back to our lives and we just pretend like it didn't happen.
1: By the time 2018 came around things were really bad. He was drunk all the time, he got in trouble at work multiple times, he'd leave for days on end and things even got physical on a few occasions. Oh, and so I Lexi in 2018, when you say shit got bad, did, was there something in particular that, like you were mentioning, he got in trouble at work multiple times, mm-hmm. he would be at a time. Like, was there something that triggered that or all of a sudden it's just like, oh my God, he was doing so well. And then like, he's out there in the yard saying he's going to end things and he'd be gone for several days. Like, what was that? He blamed
3: about? it on, he blamed it on the deployment, of course. Um that it was a trigger for him, like going back on a deployment and then coming home, it just was snowball effect. Like it just, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: he was seeing a therapist through work, but it just never seemed to be getting better. And the drinking was getting significantly worse. And then again, in hindsight, I know that there was like some illicit drug use in there Mm -hmm. and there was pain pill stuff. And he very quickly learned the system of like the military medical system of like what you have to say to certain people to be able to be prescribed certain things. So he was a huge, you know, regular visitor of the emergency room, yeah. so that he could get refills on the prescriptions he wanted. And um,
0: and this was the time frame that he started um, becoming physical for the first time?
3: Yes. With you. Yes. Okay. So he has told me like very early on that he had had a physical ar- altercation with like the very first wife, which she's very irrelevant, like in regards to our history or like any of the stories or anything like that. Um, they didn't have children together. It was before me. Okay. Um, You know, so like there never was like a lot of conversation about her ever, Um, Mm -hmm. but it was very much a, she was hitting me, she was this, she was that, she was whatever. And I grabbed her and I pinned her up against a wall, like was, you know, his rendition of the story.
0: And how was he physical with you? Do you feel comfortable sharing that with us?
3: Um, Initially it was more just like grabbing and like dragging Um, Towards the very, very end, like right before he actually was admitted to the hospital, there was some actual like hitting that took place.
1: It all came to a head in March when after disappearing for four days, he returned home looking like a strung out homeless person and once again got abusive with Lexi over having no booze in the house and not being able to find his guns. Things were so bad that she actually had to hide from him in fear that he'd come home and kill her and their daughter.
3: I hid all of the guns. It was just very much a very real feeling for me that like he would come home and kill us.
1: After threatening suicide, he was admitted and spent over a week being monitored and was eventually released to an inpatient rehab for substance abuse.
3: And he went home and he tried to find the guns and he okay. find them. And so when I got home, he was very agitated because he couldn't find any of his guns. And I actually called his stepmom and was like I kept her on speakerphone on mute in my pocket like, while I was at the house, and he hit me, and he said, you know, give me my fucking guns, and I said, what do you need guns for, and he was like, ha, 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 you think you're so smart, don't you, um, and then the next day, he ended up passing back out, like, that night, and so I stayed with my daughter, um, in a separate room from him, and just, didn't really know what to do. And the next day, we went to school. And when we left school that day, that was the day that he said, "Oh, you thought you found them all, but you didn't." And now I'm just figuring out where to end it. Oh
0: my god! Now, had you ever uh, filed a police report against him for any no. of the incidences previously? No.
3: Okay. No, I never. Had, had.
0: you saved texts or taken photos of any of the abuse? Or I'm just glad that you had your phone on in your pocket um i've done that i've done the voice recordings my sister recently (laughs) passed away i just found a video where that's how i know how scared she is uh she has her she's recording in the middle of the night um just in case you know and it's it's smart but it also shows how far that you know things had escalated between
3: you and max and so scary Uh, it just was i um I had text messages and some like voice recordings of things that he had said, but I didn't have like photos of anything. Um, And then when that all went down that day, I actually left our child at school. I called 911. I had them dispatch officers to the house. I also called his command and knew exactly who to ask for like I you know 10 years into our relationship right. I knew who the people were that he trusted the most like I knew the people who would be the most efficient at getting in there and you know intercepting him at that point point. Um, and his command you know made sure that those people were available to me and those people came out police officers actually did show up but at the same time refused to even try to de-escalate the situation um, because they said given his knowledge and familiarity Mm -hmm. with firearms and tactics that they would not even try to enter the premises Mm -hmm. until um, shots had been fired so until they had actually heard gunshots fired whether at them or at himself they wouldn't even try to enter yeah. the the home um and so in essence i saved not only his life but his career in that time frame because i was able to get people from his command into the home to disarm him and to remove him from the home without incidents And because the police officers never had to actively be involved, they filed no police report on the entire situation. Mm -hmm.
1: But at this point, it had been years of a very tumultuous relationship, and it was time to move back to Lexi's hometown to be closer to family. She needed their support. And Max had taken new orders and would join her there in Louisiana in July once he finished with all the rehab programs he was ordered to complete. But life decided to give them a few more twists and turns they weren't expecting. You see, just one week after Lexi returned home, she found out she was pregnant with her second child. And not only that, Max decided he wasn't going to take orders to go back to Louisiana after all. He was going to retire instead, which meant he would be staying in San Diego until the summer of 2019. This all meant that they would have to maintain a long-distance relationship until then. Right. And then it sounds like he rescinded on those plans and said, well, guess what? I'm not going to transfer there. I'm going to stay in San Diego and I'm going to retire, which means a year later. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're essentially, you're pregnant and now he's forcing, again, he makes these big decisions without really talking to his wife and stays in San Diego knowing that it's going to be 2019. Mm So was there like, okay, if that's the case, I mean, I can imagine there must've been an argument that ensued, but like, how often am I going to see you once a month, every other week, once a quarter,
3: like, what what are we going to see each other? I mean, it was you checked
0: out. You sound like you might've been checked out at that point.
3: I mean, at that point it was kind of like, he made it sound like he didn't have any choice. And from a rational, like point of view, I kind of thought he didn't really have any choice either. Hmm. You think Max was a
1: good little boy during this time? Of course not. In the summer of 2018, Max met Katie on Bumble. Then 2018, your words, shit gets bad.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Katie, you enter the picture in 2018. Oh, it must have I been didn't a great year. Know. That I explains didn't know. why shit gets bad. Yeah, yeah, it
2: really, I think he just got to where you know, you, you think about it, like he, he's lived a double life all those years in all yeah. the relationships. I don't think there's ever been a relationship where he's ever been truthful and honest and loyal. And so yes. I think you get to a point where, okay, I got away with it with one extra girlfriend. So now I'm going to go for two or for oh three. And so at one point in 2018, there were six concurrent relationships going on and they weren't like, uh, you know, casual contacts. He was
0: maintaining full relationships with the, all his women. I mean, our them. Ben did the same thing, and yeah. we we're just like, "How do you have that much time? How do you keep your story How You straight? don't. You don't. <laughs> I don't understand that. And this is a
2: man who has. This is a man who has brain injuries. So you're talking about yeah. a man who sits here and leans on this crutch of, I have TBIs. I can't do this. I can't do that. But he can maintain six concurrent relationships. And and let me be honest with you. He kept it straight. He His didn't drop. He didn't. I don't know if he uses the same <laughs> nicknames for every woman. I don't get it. But he kept track yeah. of, and, and I've since learned he uses his calendar and his phone like for every little thing. But he keeps track of every little thing, every little detail, remembers every little thing. And he plays each relationship to each woman differently. So oh, wow. you can't yeah. lean on the brain injury when you can, you're capable of yeah, that. You're that's such a good more point. more capable than you admit. Yes. Oh, it's disgusting. But yeah. he, he literally, I mean, he literally it became like, I think almost it became like a game. Like at that point, he, I honestly think at that point he was so self-destructive that he just wanted to see how much he could truly accomplish and get away with before it all fell apart.
0: Yeah. They say that with, um, sociopaths and psychopaths Mm -hmm. and, um, from what I've heard, not, not obviously diagnosing him, um, Max, but they always say that they're looking for a spark, a feeling, a something Mm -hmm. to, um, just, to feel and so their energy sucks yes and so mm-hmm. they keep repeating these offenses hoping to have an emotion or a feeling because they feel more dead inside yes. and yes. so then things that you know keep recurring or they build with the relationship and they don't have so, a fear
1: there's something that's mm-mm. not firing right in their
0: brain and they simply don't have a fear the narcissism effect. too they can get away with anything
1: his profile red, six foot three 235-pound barrel-chested freedom fighter. I'm covered in tattoos. I love lifting heavy things. Love my dog. Love to laugh. Sarcasm is my second language. I don't smoke, drink, or do drugs. If it's not worth doing 100%, then why do it? No pen pal or hookups. Let's meet and see what happens.
0: What? I think our listeners, and even I, want to know, what does he look like?
2: He's He's giant. He's... Is he he kind of... He's... He is literally this corn-fed, like, all-American boy. He's six foot three. When I met him, he was very fit. He is not now. But when I met him, he okay. was extremely fit. He's all tattooed. Okay. He's blue eyes, freckles. Like, he literally is the American Blonde kid. hair? Bron? Blonde hair, blue eyes, oh, you know. Funny. Okay. Total Midwestern boy with with supposed Midwestern values. And so he's, and he's very mm-hmm. charming. He's very quiet but he's very charming in that way. And so, so he's he, yeah, he he very, yeah. And people love him. People would immediately love him. Like I'd introduce him to my friends, to my family. Everybody was so in love with him right away. And it was because I can be a handful and he's very calm and very yeah. kind of like grounded. And so all mm-hmm. of my friends were like, oh, he's so good for you because he nothing phases him and you're just you know you're this lively
1: thing and then he's kind of like your rock and it was like yeah it's kind of accurate and that's exactly what they did katie met max they hit it off and things were going great he did explain to her that he was currently in the midst of a divorce and had three children from three different women but remained pretty vague about it all referring to leave the past in the past as he would say and he was really honest with me on our first date that he had well
2: he was honest that he had three children, um, from three different relationships, which was a red flag. And I did, I literally called my mom about it, and she was like, mm, I was like, This is the guy for you. And, and
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm just surprised that he actually was honest about that. Like, that, yeah, yeah. he was like, on that, would di- never our first been date. honest about that. Oh, okay. no,
2: only on our first date. And it was very like, he definitely changed the circumstances very much right. so. Everything okay. had a different connotation to it, so he wasn't so much the asshole. Um, okay. and so. But there was no mention of, and, and, and to be clear, I was very adamant, like, are you divorced? Are you actually single? And he was very, very adamant that he, they were in the process of a divorce. They were very much not together.
1: They were absolutely not a family. Within a month of dating, the love bombing was in full effect. Max wanted every ounce of Katie's attention and grew more and more impatient with her parenting schedule. He also started planting the victim seeds in his marriage to Lexi saying that she was the one that left him while he was in rehab and needed her support and
2: his story was always she left me she left me alone she left me and said I have to do this without her and that she wanted no part of this you know basically that she abandoned him in his time of need and made things worse by getting pregnant and Poor Max.
0: Poor
2: and guy. it was None of it was true, though, but none of it was true. It was <laughs> all just manipulation. Not, not oh, a for sure. of it was true.
1: Strategically, he laid all of his cards on the table for Kate to win her trust, admitting to cheating on Lexi about that he found God and that he was a changed man. Oh.
2: I, he was all about, he was very honest about
1: that he was in recovery, that he was sober, everything. And I'm not a drinker.
2: I've never once done a single drug. I've never even smoked a cigarette. So he was very much like, I'm. I'm sober you know, I'm working on getting my life together. I was a horrible human being to her, but I'm going to do better because now I have the tools to do better. See, I he think was that's all where Ben's at now.
1: That. Now, Ben, I think Oh yeah, our Ben, I think he's, he's taken a page out of that playbook and it's like, yes, Yes. I did all these bad things. I admit it. I was a bad guy, but not anymore. I've turned a new leaf. And maybe he's saying he found God these days. (laughs) Yeah. But remember, he was posting
0: about God. Oh, that's right. When he was, when, yeah, when you guys were going through your divorce, he like put it on, he like his main Facebook What do you call that? The the big picture <laughs> the in the background? The picture? Yes. Not the, pro the profile picture. Image. The, cover the cover image. the Bible yes. verses. Yes. It was so like, like you don't know that Something, Bible. something. That's yeah. So
2: embarrassing. <laughs> like, so embarrassing. So yeah. I thought that was, that was kind They've of where Max was at. Life.
1: So here's and, a red and flag and that I noticed too, right off the bat, is he kept saying, let the past be the past and Ben yes. would tell me that yes.
2: over all over, the time over. just uh, let my 100%. past be the past I'm like but this yes. is in the future like we're together it was, we're- it was I'm a better person I need to let that go that's all a part of who I was it's, it's not better. who I am now yes. yeah I'm in therapy I'm working really hard on that you know yes. and we'd have all these great elaborate discussions about things but then it would be again if you questioned him it would immediately
1: be a fight Over the next few weeks, he continued on his mission to manipulate her by saying he was more committed to her than she was to him. You know, this set the perfect stage for when he dropped the bomb on her that he was going to Louisiana to visit his daughter and would be staying in the same house as his soon-to-be ex-wife Lexi. The night before he left, he casually added in, oh, and by the way, she's also hoping to work things out with me and you won't even be able to reach me while I'm there and I haven't told her yet that I'm dating you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but I was suspicious until right before he left, he texted me and said, hey, while I'm gone, I'm not going to be on my phone so much because I want to be with my daughter and be paying attention to her. And this is of the course. first time I'm going to be with her since I got out of rehab. And so he was like, you know, I just want you to know, like, I'm not going to have my phone available, so I'll text you when I get back to San Diego. And I was like, yeah. Ooh. I don't know about that. That seems shady. <laughs> and I I texted my cousins and the two of them were like, "Hey, we're going to figure this out." And that was the night my cousin
3: my cousin like
0: cousins. They're Oh,
2: they're she's smart. amazing. She, she's incredible. Meanwhile, she's hilarious. Call us. She's hilarious. So he
3: Meanwhile, he's in every time he was on his phone here. I was like, "Stop in your girlfriend's pictures of my kid."
2: 100% oh, like, really? 100%. Yeah. 100% knew. Lexi
3: like knew. I knew like I've been was, there like, done that over yeah. I've been there done that with you so like yep. every time he would take like yeah. a cute picture I would be like don't send that to your girlfriend
1: oh and he oh, was like he would just like Amber knows about this me. too you POS yeah. oh yeah
2: well the, he would take Halloween pictures photos. in my house like,
1: no. He <laughs> sent No, he did. From my he house. sent me
2: pictures from her bathroom and I was yeah. like, "Why are you in your ex's house? I don't understand this." Like, yeah. I questioned everything. Don't get right. me wrong, I questioned things, but then he would he would make it like you always think the worst and and you're oh, totally. you're being negative and you're living and, in the past. Oh, he would tell me I was being controlling and that <laughs> I needed to be more forgiving about things because he had to do what was right for his children and everything. I mean, he knows this about me. Like everything for me is about my daughter and my family. That's, but that's it. That's all that
1: I matter about. Three month Mark, in October, it was him that was making a big deal about being officially committed. Oh, hundred percent. He was the one he making a the big, big stink deal. about that. That's interesting. A big deal. But he made I think a big, that's part of manipulation. Talk. Right, for uh-huh. the manipulation 100%. is like, I'm more committed than you. I, I'm in this, like, yes, you know what I mean? I, I
2: love you more than you love me, yes. 100%. I need you more than you need me, and, and yes. here I am. I'm being vulnerable with you, and you're a horrible woman because you're not understanding me. All of that happened.
1: Well, if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. Katie clearly thought so too, so she enlisted her cousins, who promptly did a reverse Google image search on a pic he had given her. And guess what? Max was actually married with a pregnant wife back home in Louisiana.
2: I was posting family pictures and updates about him. And God bless her. I have a, a, a cousin who's an amazing super sleuth. And he had happened to text me a picture of his two older children yeah. Yeah. one day. And she did a Google, Google image search. And she's who popped up Lexi's Facebook page and went, hey, so you might want to have a seat he's got a pregnant wife they're not divorcing and i was like you've got to be kidding me
1: when she called max out on this news his response was that he was so embarrassed and for her to please forgive him and upon his return he laid it on really thick proclaiming all the things he had done wrong been lying about how he felt he told her that he had never been loved the way she loved him and that he knew she would hate him and never give him a chance if he told her the truth being that it was a new relationship, she took his word at face value, and they agreed no more lies moving forward. But something lingered in the back of her mind that just didn't sit well. Max had spent Thanksgiving with a woman he referred to as Ms. Denise. This was the same woman he had stayed with after his vasectomy. He said she helped him with the sober surfing group he belonged to. How did your cousin find Ms.
0: Denise?
1: Um you know what to be
2: honest with you I don't know I don't remember if she did or not but he would always say he was in he had this friend through this like surf rehab type of group that he went through it was like a it was like a surf ministry type of thing um and that instead of going to cuz I I had always questioned why don't you go to like AA meetings or anything and it was always well the the navy has their own thing I did that now I'm not going to go to AA but I go to the surf ministry um, and so he said Miss Denise was part of that surf ministry. That's who he said he spent Thanksgiving with. That's who he said he spent, um, he, who he was at her house when he was recovering from his vasectomy. That's who he said was helping him with some of his legal problems with the military with his retirement.
1: Red flags or not, they continue their relationship spending as much time as possible attending Christmas partying and meeting up with friends. About a week before Christmas, Max called Katie while in a parking lot waiting for a guy to sell him steroids. What the fuck? With his medical history and current health issues, this would seem the exact opposite of what he should be doing, but he explained to her that he did it regularly and felt safe with it. Katie's buttons got pushed again later that month when Max told her that his music teacher at the rehab was flirting with him and that he went to coffee with her. As friends, of course. Now, This crossed a major line with Katie and after throwing a complete tantrum, he agreed to cut off contact. January 2019 was a pivotal month for both Katie and Lexi. Max had flown to Louisiana to be with Lexi for the birth of their second child. And while there, Max was texting Katie that he had this big, huge fight with Lexi and he told her everything. She knew all about Katie and that he was planning a future with her and that he wanted to be with her. He just couldn't fake it anymore. And so he would call and he would
2: say, you know, I I got stuck in this, but we're still separated. We're just not really telling people because it is embarrassing for her to have this husband that doesn't want to be married and doesn't want to move here and she's mm-hmm. pregnant and it's the South, Katie. You don't understand. He would always tell me, Katie, it's mm-hmm. the South. You don't
1: understand how it is here. Well, that um, was exactly on my my situation too. Like we had moved to Oregon. He mm-hmm. was still, he had another woman. And he was telling her, oh, we're divorcing, we're separated, she doesn't even live here. And then I'd be posting pictures, like current pictures on my Facebook and wedding pictures. And he's like, oh, she's in denial. She yes. knows we're divorcing. She was trying to save face. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> like what? He no? did that He did that to Lexi yeah. every time. Every so time I
2: would confusing. question anything. Every, every single time it would be, you just don't understand it's the South and it's embarrassing. And we're just getting through this until the baby's born.
1: But there is one little caveat. Lindsay was posting happy family of four pictures with a new baby on her Facebook. Now this didn't seem like the kind of behavior one would do considering her husband had just said he's divorcing her. But like all good sociopaths, he had an answer for Katie when she confronted him. He explained that Lexi was simply concerned with what people would think and wanted to give the impression that everything was perfect and that he wasn't just kind of going along with it. And
2: so when he went home in, well, it was January, I think, when he left, when he went back to Louisiana in January, his first day there, he told me they had a blowout fight. They had it all out. She knows everything. She knows all about me. She knows he's moved on. She knows for sure they're filing for divorce. She agreed to file for divorce in May, he said, and she wants to be the one to file. And I again got into an argument with him, going, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you say yes to that? Like, you're telling me. You want it done now, but then you're going to wait again until May. And he said, look, again, it's the South. She's religious. You know, we just had a baby. I need to do the right thing for my son, the whole thing. And so, you know, a lot of it was just being told I was being selfish um, and being made to feel guilty and 100% and I should be having more compassion for this poor, you know, Southern woman who is grieving the loss of someone so wonderful in her life. Like he made it out like he was some wonderful superstar and made her life so much better. And she was in denial about the divorce and and separation. He made it out like it was, you know, he was the love of her life and she'll never get over him. And, And it's like, the reality is very different.
1: On the flip side, Lexi was eagerly waiting for the arrival of her beautiful baby boy and her husband Max would be arriving soon for the birth. What should have been a shining moment in both of their lives quickly turned dark. As Lexi patiently waited for him at the airport, she received a Facebook message from a woman that said, Here's your husband back. I didn't know you were pregnant, along with about 20 plus photos of the two of them together.
3: when he flew in in january for the baby to be born as i was like making the circles oh. around the airport i looked down at my phone to like see if he was coming out yet and had a facebook like message request and i oh, opened God. it and it was from a woman in san diego multitude of pictures and it oh, said, so this
1: wasn't even katie I thought it was no. Oh my no. gosh, nope. a different woman. Oh my god. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, here's no. your
3: husband back. Didn't know you were pregnant.
1: So she And somehow I screenshotted
3: it. Too. I screenshotted yeah. it and sent it to him and watched him read it. Like from my car, I watched him read it. And do you know how and long, he long they were just, He met her in rehab. Mm-hmm. That's a um, oh, so Oh, he broke all rehab rules. Yeah, so I, the big fight that he told Katie about was actually a fight about this other woman who Uh messaged me as he got off the airplane.
1: Naturally, this caused a huge fight, and two days later, she gave birth to their baby. Max only stayed for about a week and then flew back to San Diego. She was just broken and defeated, and she really didn't want to have... To divorce him, I mean, they did have 10 years together and two kids. She didn't want her children to not have a dad. In the meantime, he carried on with his relationship with Katie back in San Diego, boasting how committed he was to her and that she was his angel. But after you found out about her being pregnant Mm -hmm. and then having the baby, you decided to stay with him,
2: right? It took a while, it took a while, um, and I did. And again, it comes from that whole, like, it's kind of like a trauma bond with him. Um, Something really bad would happen and then he would reel you back in and he'd be Mm -hmm. so contrite and so adoring and so sweet. And so, you know, I'm learning, I'm a broken person. I've never been sober before in my life. Like, I don't know how to do life sober. I need you to support me through this because I'm just figuring this all out. And so it it would literally turn into this, you know, gifts and, and you know, showering you in attention and and, you know, flattery and how much I need you and how wonderful you are and you're the only functional relationship I've ever had. Lord knows how many women he's told that to, but right. you know, he reels you back in with that. So the minute he starts to lose control, it's I'm just learning. I'm getting sober. I've never done this before. I need you to be here for me. I'm gonna make mistakes. You can't fault me
1: for being a broken human, all of these things. And you're like, oh, okay. He planned to stay with her after retiring. Even. And in that summer, they'd be moving to Iowa for him to go back to school. They'd have to have a long-distance relationship until she could follow him there. Deja vu, anybody? Shit hit the fan by May of 2019, and Max said he wasn't going to stay through the summer and that Lexi was demanding he spend time with the kids or that she would take full custody of them. He was supposed to have moved out of his place and in temporarily with Ms. Denise, but very quickly she noticed he no longer was responding to her messages and couldn't spend the nights with her anymore. While he was in Texas, he was hooking up with her. So I don't and think, right before I don't, that, I just noted too, I don't mean to interrupt, but he w- mm-hmm. he was supposed to have been moved out of his house in May. And you noticed that he was supposed to be staying with this Ms. Denise. What the and hell? And he like goes still to, like, it was, who is this? I want to meet her. Like, well, he, would call a lot me of time when he was in the her. truck with
2: her. He would call me and be in the truck with her and talk to me and use my name. And she would interject in the conversation. So I always like, When I would start to bring up and and question things, he would go conveniently have a question or a conversation when he was around her finding out later, she knew he had multiple girlfriends and she she just stayed out of it. No, she just, according to him, she just stayed out of it.
0: No, she was that woman that for whatever happened to her in her previous years was Mm -hmm. conditioned to take what she could get when she could get it. And she was secure, which is sad and, and whatever else, but it's, that's. That yeah, person. there's always one. You know. In the and group. she was his cover for a lot of <laughs>
2: things. She was his cover <laughs> <number> for <laughs> yeah, several yeah, things, exactly.
1: Yeah. On his way back to Louisiana, Max stopped in Texas to see two of his children. Remember the music teacher that had a crush on him? Well, Katie later found out this woman actually moved to Texas and they met up while he was there. He also was hooking up with his daughter's mom too. So, let's just say he was a very busy boy. But when he's there, He full on
2: shares her bed. They hook up the whole time. Her family says it's a very widely known fact. He comes to family dinners and makes jokes about it. Wait, so Lexi, did you know that was going on?
3: Um, I was very much, I, I, so when I knew that she was pregnant, I was very, um, adamant in the sense of like, I'm not going to be involved. Like I am not that big of a person. <laughs> like I mean, I don't, what other way is there to say it? Like I'm not that big of a person. Like I can't He's this discuss this, you know. Um when she still lived in California, he would go visit like in a neutral setting, you know, mm-hmm. from what he told me. But like I've mm-hmm. never met her. I've never been around her. Um and then he when she moved to Texas, it was quite a bit of time between, like, when he saw them again because she moved to Texas from. California. I think he said it was five
2: years. At one point, to me, he told me it had been five years since he'd seen his his other daughter.
3: And, and that could Which be accurate or or close to three. I would say three to five years is probably a good yeah. like span to say. Um, mm-hmm. But he went and saw her without telling me, so <laughs> there was that. Once Max got to Louisiana, he
1: texted Kitty to let her know he had a change of plans and was not moving to Iowa after all, explaining that he wanted to be closer to the kids and would be renting a room from a friend. Now, if you remember, this time frame was aligning with his original plans with Lexi, his wife. He would retire in the summer of 2019 and then move back to Louisiana for good. But within one day, Lexi knew she was done, for good this time. She filed for divorce that summer.
0: August 2019 you hire an a- attorney to start the divorce process in August and you say that he barely visited the children there was 10 days mm-hmm. total in that time frame so were you feeling very serious like you were 100% you were done
3: oh yeah so when he came here in June July I think it was just enough time for me to really realize that like, I just didn't need to go through this anymore. You know, between the last time he had been in town when the baby was born to when he came back again. And I can like distinctly remember like the moving truck coming the second day that he was here and them unloading the truck and saying, where do you want this? And I said, put it in his truck. And he was like, put it in the house. And I was like, put it in his truck. (laughs) <laughs> so he doesn't have to move it again, and we it was, like, done. over and over again, like, this back and forth, and he moved mm-hmm. all of his things into my house, all mm-hmm. of them, um, and I was just done, and, like, yeah. you know, it was just, I was just you done, and while I was on the phone with the movers, because they couldn't find my actual house to, like, deliver the household goods and he was getting flustered so he gave me his phone and he was like tell them how to get here so I was on the phone with them like talking them in to like town and getting to the house while I was on the phone a notification came through on his phone that flowers had been delivered like your flower delivery has you know been delivered Mm -hmm. And so I walked sent- like all the way Ew. out to the door to like, see, mm-hmm. like, I was like, what the hell? Like, there's no way he sent me flowers. Like he's here. That's stupid. And there were no flowers. So Someone I finished the conversation him. with the movers. And when I hung up and went to hand him his phone back, I said, oh, your flowers got mm-hmm. delivered too. And he just looked at me
0: and I just rolled
3: my eyes. And that's when I was telling him, like, leave it on the porch, leave it in what his truck. Like, don't bring it in yeah. the house. And he said, well, she's going through a really hard time, you know, since I'm here now. Sure. Okay, cool. It wasn't for
2: right.
3: me. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who they were for. for so like someone else. Oh, for.
1: geez.
2: But no, someone
3: got flowers that day.
1: So. He reverted to moving back to Iowa for school.
2: Everything was his way or the highway. And if I voiced oh. a concern or said, hey, if we're supposed to be doing this together, we should be making these decisions together. Oh, yeah. You know, any of that. If I ever gave any pushback, it was immediately, who are you to question me? I'm running this family. I run this relationship. I make the decisions for the better good. You know, I'm making these decisions so that I can take care of all five of our children. And he used to be very clear on that. We have five children together. And he would call mm-hmm. Brie his girl, you know, all of these things. He was very, he was never, he never tried to say he was her dad or try to replace her dad or run over her dad but he definitely was very much like, you belong to me, so she belongs to me as well. Um, And so all of his decisions were for everybody's good and I needed to get used to that he had to make these decisions for all five of the kids. And so a lot of that happened where I was like, I'm not okay with this, but I have to go with it because I'm being selfish, you know? It was always, you're being selfish.
1: Yeah. You know. Still together with Katie, by the time September came around, she decided to break up with him too. It had been one full year of dating, and long distance just wasn't working for her. One of the common theme is that Mm -hmm. long distance makes it real, real easy for sociopaths and people who are conniving to- Borderline personality.
0: He just screams borderline personality. It it just leaves the door wide open for them.
1: Max panicked and didn't want her to leave him, so he planned a trip for her to come visit him in Iowa. They stayed at a really cute bed and breakfast because he didn't want to send the wrong message to his daughter. Later, she found out that he actually brought another woman to the same place just days after she left to go home. Not privy to this info about this other woman, Kitty still tried to make things work, long distance or not. She cared for him, after all.
2: All he knows, and but I
1: think he does recognize that, and he he craves a more positive family
2: environment and i think that's why he clings onto these women who have absolutely strong personalities strong families and and are
0: going places because he's he's lacking all of that and i think that's why ben married amber and i of all the women mm-hmm. yeah we mm-hmm. are that exact description and he is he's max's the the description to give of max that yeah. is his description so, would when you say that oh amber? yeah yeah yeah, sure. it's yeah. sad. There's, there's definitely a, uh, there's a type, and you just very mm-hmm. much listed that just now. Mm-hmm.
2: And he knows very how to true. exploit that. He, he looks for women who are very nurturing and very loving, and, and probably a lot more selfless, I think, than he's capable
1: of being. For- but by December, the fights just didn't subside, and they only got worse. She even found out that Max had an STD and lied to her about it. <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: He was diagnosed with an STD. Were you aware of that too,
2: Katie? No. No, he never told me. Um, and he, he didn't tell me until I received a document from him. Um, when he was retiring out from the Navy, he would get certain documents that had to detail his, his disabilities and what level he's disabled and how his life is affected by them. And in that document, he had basically in his phone scribbled out one of the items and I thought it said he had HIV, and I lost my my mind, and immediately, immediately called him, and was like, what the living hell is this, like, I'm, I'm, and he was like, well, I didn't think you were going to read it, I thought you were only going to forward it to whoever I was supposed to send it to, and I was like, no, I'm going to read this, and yeah, and you you owe me an explanation, so then he was like, "I, I can't talk about it right now, I'll FaceTime you later, and we'll talk about it, so when we're on FaceTime, he explains to me that he has this STD, um, and yeah, it's, communicable and we hadn't been taking precautions. And he was very much
1: like, yeah, I I got it. Months go by and Katie's suspicions keep growing stronger. Max flew to San Diego in March because he was now on the board of his surfing recovery group with Ms. Denise. Were they having an affair or what? She just thought for sure they were, but somehow he lied his way out of it again. August, 2020 would have been their two year anniversary. And for Katie, it was all or nothing. Something had to give. This just couldn't keep going on like this. She made plans to visit Max in Iowa, and for her, she knew this was a deal breaker visit. Right off the bat, Max had a full on meltdown because his doctor wouldn't give him narcotics. His behavior was just beyond, and the nurse even asked her if she felt safe with him. Max cried uncontrollably and called every doctor he could until finally one gave in to his demands. She didn't know what to do, so she called her brother, who told her without hesitation, to get the fuck out. This man is an addict. When they got home, Katie found a little piece of paper in a drawer with another woman's name on it, one from San Diego, in fact. Surprisingly, Max admitted that she was another person he had been involved with during the last two years, and she didn't know about Katie.
0: Like, was he on steroids then? He was on steroids
2: when I met him, but I didn't know at first. And then... Did not know the cycles taking...
0: over time, or...?
2: I did, but I I had never been exposed to I'm really naive in that Yeah, no, I never been exposed to that. Right. So I had no idea. And so I actually had to ask one of my brothers and he was like, I don't even I mean, my brothers are good men. So they were like, I don't even know, you know. And so then I finally asked a friend who was into bodybuilding and into, you know, CrossFit and all of this and he was like, Oh, you should run from that. That guy is He flat out told me, he was like, that's a really bad idea to be dating someone who's using steroids. And and then of course I was like, no, it's fine. Everything's great.
1: When they got home, Katie found a little piece of paper in a drawer with another woman's name on it with a San Diego phone number. Surprisingly, Max admitted that she was just another woman that he had been involved with during the last two years. And this woman didn't know anything about Katie. This
2: morning. Was done. I go to fix breakfast. The stove is broken. He tells me to get a screwdriver out of the drawer, and there's a paper in the drawer with this woman's name and phone number on it. And it's a San Diego area code. And I asked who it was. I go, What's this? And he goes, Oh, I don't know. All the cupboards are new in that house. The, so everything in there is his. He only just moved into that house. There's nobody's yeah. lived there before. Yeah, so you know. Then then he and he had left it sitting on the counter. Well, then I took a picture of it and I I texted it to my best friend right away right. like it was in you know in the text so it went automatically to her so even if he deleted it off my phone it went to someone so then um he immediately cornered me demanded that I delete that um who the hell do I think I am i mean he went crazy pants and then i ran out the front door and ran to the other side of his car and called her and i left her a message and just said i As don't in know her who the you are. number on the piece yeah. of Yeah. I said, I don't know who you are, but I'm in Iowa at Max's house and I just found your phone number, but I've been dating him for the last two years. And this is really concerning to me. So maybe give me a call back. I get back in the house and he's leaving, he's leaving her a message at the same time. And he's sitting on the couch, just crying. And he's like, I screwed up. I did something bad. Can you call me? We need to talk this out. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he basically, he went through, you could see it. It was really weird. You could watch it in his eyes. Like he kept switching gears to see what would work. So first it was, I I didn't know who to pick. So I just, I think I love both of you. I need both of you. Why can't you guys be okay with this? Oh, please. Um, I mean, it <laughs> just, on. it went, it went, I mean, it just, and it was like anytime. And so at first I started laughing and then I got scared because, he wasn't rational and he was all over the place. And based on his behavior the day before, it started to get really unnerving. So then I was like, you know what, I'm out, but why don't you and this chick figure things out because I'm done, but maybe she's got the patience for your crap. So she ended up calling me and I talked to her and I told her what I knew, but she is of the belief that she's very religious and her God is very forgiving and She thinks, and according to him, he's told her everything she needs to know, and so she's going to stand by her man. You know, she's the last one left in the clown car. That's all it is.
1: She was at her breaking point, and everything that her gut had been telling her all along, something was just not right. It really wasn't, and this is what she needed in order to leave him for good. And the next day, she got on a plane and didn't look back.
2: Um, before I left, before we were getting in the car to, like, I was packing my stuff and getting in the car to leave, he said, please don't F me out of your life. You never know where this is gonna take us. You never know if we can work this out. And I was like, "What? Are you, Are you crazy?
0: Are, yeah, have you lost
2: your fucking I, mind? I was literally just like, but you, at that point you're just so, like, numb to it. I was like, I can't believe this guy's saying this and you're freaking crazy and i'm stuck in rural iowa there's no taxis <laughs> there's no uber there's no nothing yeah. like you can't get away from him oh
0: so I, like i had
2: to i had to manage it until yes. until i could He's you know play the
0: role play the role 100 so get the heck out of there
1: upon returning home she phoned alexi and apologized the two women unleashed a bevy of information about max some surprising some not much like Amber and Athena, they too uncovered a laundry list of lies and manipulations Max had told over the years and the real truth about who and what this man was. They also found a new friendship and support system within one another. And it's funny how things work out, right?
2: After after we broke up, I reached out to Lexi and apologized because obviously she didn't deserve anything I was involved in. Nothing was her fault. I shouldn't have listened to anything. And so I made my apologies where they were due for sure. And... I think Mm -hmm. once that happened and then one of my brothers started getting more information on things and and I think ultimately my brother's goal was just to shut that door firmly. So I wouldn't ever give Max another chance. I think he was really afraid of that. And so I was finding out, you know, Oh, there's a chick in St. Louis. There's one in Colorado. Hey, when you were in Iowa in October, he checked out of the bed and breakfast with you and then checked in the next day with the other chick. Like, oh yeah, he was drilling it
0: in saying, Katie, yes. if you do it again, you are a dumb ass sister. I 100%. love you. 100%. But I'm going to give you five more back slaps in the face. And yes, if you go back, 100%. he's going to beat you. There's, okay, got it. <laughs> there's women
2: in, I mean, he is a, a Navy cliche. There's a woman in every port. There really is. Yeah. and And you can't ever trust him. If he says he's going, like, he had car trouble one time in St. Louis and he told me he had a friend in St. Louis. It's a woman. Oh, so while I was helping getting the car fixed so that he could finish his trip to Louisiana to see his children, he's having a night with another woman, you know? So my brother so, managed yeah. to get me all that info. So I would never, ever, ever look back. We, and I we think think that like, was your like your brother. Yeah, yeah. you too. I would <laughs> say my like he,
0: brothers. Oh, ahead,
1: Amber. <laughs> I was going to say, if there's one piece of advice you could give, yes. um, What would it be to someone who is involved? Don't Because obviously like I spent five years, Athena spent five years, Lexi spent 10, you spent two. Like it doesn't need to be that long. So what is the biggest piece of advice you could give when you're dealing with someone who have these kind of tendencies? No one
2: can ever, like once those questions start coming up, once you start seeing inconsistencies and things just aren't right, trust your gut. Because there's a reason why your brain is saying none of this computes, it doesn't add up. And, yeah. and the minute that they start getting that leg up and being able to manipulate you and say, um, you know, you're questioning things because you have this prior history, but that's not the truth. Your perception is wrong or things like that. It, it's a
1: slippery slope.
2: The minute you get one good red flag, get out. Because there's no reason to put yourself
1: through it. There's no reason what to settle. What kind of red flag though? Like with Athena, it's like, oh, he lied about building a house in Fremont. Is that big like, enough red flag to mm-hmm. be done? Or 100%. like- 100%. I feel like sometimes people are like, I don't know how big of a red flag. Is it that his Any wife that? was pregnant? Is that a big one? That's the big one? Any of it. <laughs> or is it you like know, a little white lie or when a he, medium when, white
0: lie or
2: something?
1: When he said, um, when
2: he started talking to me about, like when the truth came out about the baby and everything like that, if I would have listened to my mother, my brothers, my own instinct, my cousins, anybody, I would have gone. Um, but I always kept saying, A, he's... he's just learning. This is like a newborn basically. He's just learning healthy behaviors. He's in therapy. He's in recovery. Like I'm going to give this guy a chance. But the reality is, is I don't know anybody a chance. If you can't come to me as a whole human being yes. capable of being a good person, there's the door. And it's
1: not your job to fix someone. No, no. If they're coming yeah. to you with a sob story, you mm-hmm. know, it's okay to have compassion for somebody, Yes. but it's not yes. okay for them to put it
0: on you to, for, mm-hmm. for you to fix them. That's on them. You're going to yeah. pick and choose. You're to pick and choose. Correct. Right. So um, I'm more important. I'm sorry that happened mm-hmm. to you. Yes. And, um, but I choose me and, yeah. and you're not selfish you, to choose you and you're not, no, and but you're, you're going to be okay. You're made to feel that way. Look. You're made okay. to feel that way by someone in that
2: situation. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing is that I needed to learn. I don't need to settle I don't need to allow it. I'm not responsible for anybody else in that regard. So the minute they their little house of cards start showing all their weak spots, just go. There's no need to stay. There's yeah. absolutely no and it'll never get better. They're never gonna
1: learn. They're not gonna change.
0: What about you, they're Lexi? just holding on. Yeah, Lexi, what Lexi, any
2: you advice?
1: Got, you got two beautiful babies out of it. So there's that. Right. Yeah. But I mean,
3: in so in theory though. My daughter has endured a tremendous amount of trauma from this. And I think from speaking in that sense, like from the mom's sense, it was very much, I wanted to make things work for her. For so long, I excused behaviors because I wanted her to have her dad. And I had seen from experience that he wasn't a good dad to his older child because Mm -hmm they were separated. So I knew the only way she was going to have an active involved dad was by us being together and so I justified staying with him so that my daughter could have a dad. But at nine years old, I have a daughter who can a hundred percent verbalize I wish you would have left my dad sooner so I never would have known to miss him. Yeah. So for me like from the mom perspective mm-hmm. is, for women to understand that you are not doing a disservice to your child by leaving a shit relationship. You are most certainly doing your children a better service by actually walking away from something that is not healthy and letting them Mm -hmm. cope and letting them heal and letting them have positive expectations for their own life than to grow up seeing a poor example of what it can be.
0: Very well said. And you have the opportunity to show your
1: daughter what a healthy relationship looks like somewhere down the line and how a woman should be treated and how a a good, healthy relationship should be. That should be the example. And and you're in control of that now. You don't have to listen to some BS from someone who's a a manipulator Mm -hmm. and a liar and a cheater and um, yeah. She should see how a real man should be treating her mother yeah. and her. Because right. my fear is that Sydney will get into when she starts dating, find a man like her dad. That's my worst yeah. fear. And I don't want yeah, her to think you. that that's normal and that's okay because it's not. So I always tell her like, you know. But, but thankfully
0: I married a yes. loving man who treats me well, who loves her it's tough love because he has instilled things in her that are not right and pleasant um she was raised in a way that was basically uh i guess brainwashing right um always trying to cover his tracks with each of the women you know um, she had different bedrooms and different women's homes at different times and um she was taught before she would go to bed at night to memorize a story to tell each of the women so that um, Ben didn't get caught and you guys haven't heard that in the chapters yet but we've done counseling we've done a lot but if that's the way you were raised then that's just naturally the way your mind works and so I'm trying to teach her that that's those aren't the natural progressions that a and you know one plus one does not equal two in her mind. I have to teach her a whole new, you know, way to add and subtract. It's, it's the craziest thing. And, um, but it's, it's going to take a little bit of time, but it does. Amber's absolutely right. It's about us changing things and physically showing them something different, something right, something correct, something loving. And we get to do that. And we're lucky we get to make a change and, yeah. Lexi, you and could do that. And Katie, you sound like you're an amazing mom. Um, we were fooled by a man who was a master manipulator who believes his own truth, his own lies. So of course, mm-hmm. when the emotions match that, why wouldn't we believe it? We were duped. Yeah. And, and now yeah. we can make than, change. Yeah, and more than
1: anything, as we kind of wrap this up is, it's we are not stupid. We're all bright, caring, loving, A-plus women, And it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be embarrassing. It's just part of your journey. And hopefully we've all come out out on the other side, which we did stronger person, better person learning lesson. And that's all it is. It's a bump on a road. And hopefully our listeners will see and hear, um, from more and more of these stories, like listening to other women and what they went through that they're not alone. We've done it. It's okay. I I made it. We all made it. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, at this point, I can laugh about it. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. laughing earlier, but I can laugh now and be like, oh, whoopsie. We're not on the other side. Bad. We are yeah. Yeah. We're far enough. That we eventually, you'll find the humor in it. But balls at the time, up in a it's corner
2: it's, rocking, yeah. But yes. now yeah. Not. No, we laugh about yes. it now. I think that's been a nice mm-hmm. thing, too, is being able to connect with, with Lexi is we do find the humor in it. Um, and alone. it's not we don't communicate like as a means of bashing him. It's more of a, there's certain, there's certain trauma that came out of it that it's, it's relatable, but also it's, it's nice to lift each other up and, and to be able to, she's a good mom. And I think in a lot of ways we can be very similar. Um, and so it's just nice. It's nice to have that connection and, and to have that friendship and, and it's, it's kind of nice to take that away from the giant shit show that it was, you know, to at least have something positive to bring out of it. So, Absolutely. you know,
0: well, that's been the bonus. thank you so very much for both of you, um, mm, thank you. spending these few hours with us this evening. It means the world, and I know it can make a huge difference for other women yeah. out there listening, thinking that they're alone and that they were stupid and they were just, you know, embarrassed for what yeah. they been- through but it's just mm-hmm. it's just a, another example that Amber and my story and that you know you're in Lexi's story Katie like it's we're a dime a dozen which is sad mm-hmm. um but so so common and looking at you now you guys are both educated beautiful women moving on and it, it takes time it's not instant but yeah. that we can and that the fact that you're brave enough to come on here and share your story like Amber and I are so grateful. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you guys sharing it. and Hopefully something good comes out of it for other people. FYI, if you'd like more info on Max and want to warn your friends who might cross paths with him, he's listed in our private Facebook Dirty John directory. Don't forget to also submit your own Dirty John at www.xwivesundercover.com.
0: And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.exwivesundercover.com.